Matthew 16 and verse 13. And we're going to read a few verses, and then we'll see what the Lord has to say on it uh, this evening. Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others, Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Keep your Bible open and we'll refer to this portion of scripture and some more in a moment. But let's just bow and still our hearts, bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. Eternal Father, we thank you for your Son, the Lord Jesus. We thank you for your Spirit in our midst. We thank you for your faithfulness to each and every one of you, us. And we thank you, Father, that you have brought such a multitude here tonight. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to each and every heart. Lord, if there's one unsaved or, or some unsaved, that you would draw them to Christ and save them for time and for eternity. And if there's somewhere, one that's been backslidden in heart or away into the world, the far country, we pray tonight, Lord, that they would be drawn back again, that they would come home into the fold this evening. And we also pray, Father, that you would bless and encourage your own. Lord, you bless and encourage your people. But we pray the conviction would be known and felt here tonight that you would instruct us in thy ways through thy word. And, Father, that your name would be glorified and exalted in this place and that Christ alone would be seen to the glory of his name. Father, we thank you for everything you've done and all you're doing. And we thank you for all you're going to do because we believe you for more and greater things. These things we ask in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ is at Caesarea Philippi. It's like a pinnacle of his ministry away north in the land of the Holy Land, as people call it. We find the Lord Jesus is asking a question. There's four points I want to briefly speak uh, to about tonight. It's first of all, there's the master's question. The master's question. Secondly, we want to look at the people's consideration. The people's consideration. Thirdly, we want to look at the disciples' revelation. The disciples' revelation. And then we want to look at the Father's 
declaration. The Father's declaration. The Lord Jesus asked his disciples in verse 13, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Notice, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? That's the Master's question. What if the Master asked you tonight, as you're sitting in your car, as you're listening, and to those even who are watching live tonight, and later. What when the Spirit of God speaks to you and asks you a question this evening? Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Now that's a question only the Spirit on the Scriptures can tell us of. We can only know Him by that which He shows us. But when Christ asks the disciples he asked the question looking for an answer. What would your answer be if the Lord Jesus was sitting beside you right this moment in this car park, right at this time? What would your answer be if he asked you, Whom do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? I think some would struggle for an answer. I think some would struggle at the question because there's some who may be professing Christ, but they don't possess Christ. They're good at religion. They're good at denomination. They're good at institution, but they don't have salvation because they're wrapped up in the things that they can do rather than personally knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and accepting all that He has done and accomplished at Calvary's tree. So here is the Master's question to your heart tonight. Here it is. Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? It's easy when we think of other people. It's easy to say, well, He says, she says. The other says. Friend, that brings me to my second point quickly. The second point was the people's consideration. The people's consideration. The people had been following him all around Galilee, in the Samaria and Judea. The people were walking after him, and he was feeding them, he was healing them, he was raising the dead. He was casting out the devil. He was causing the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and the deaf to hear, the dumb to speak, curing all manners of illnesses and diseases. And now if he was to ask, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Here is the people's consideration. They thought about it. The disciples must have been among the crowds when they're feeding when they're ministering among the people, the disciples must have been listening to the conversations and the consideration of whom the people thought this man was, this man of Galilee, Jesus of Nazareth, as he's known. Who is he? And so they start to talk one among themselves. And the answer is given back from the disciples 
to the Lord Jesus. Notice verse 14. And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist. Some Elias, that is Elijah from the Old Testament. And others, Jeremiah, that's Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He's John the Baptist, some would say. No, he's Elijah, I think, risen from the dead, resurrected. Well, I think he, he could be Jeremiah. And they start going through the prophets. He must be one of the prophets, they think. Now, you might think that that's a good consideration. And you might think, well, that's an elevation of Christ. And you might say at least it's an exaltation of Jesus because after all, they're saying good about him. After all, they're talking well of him. They're not saying they're denying him and they're not saying they're against him. They're saying he's John the Baptist, sure, who was like him for preaching. Who was like Elijah who spoke to the northern house of Israel and called down fire from heaven. Sure, that's a great consideration to give this man. Oh, or maybe Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. What about him who cried over the sins of Jerusalem? Maybe he's Jeremiah raised again from the dead or one of the other prophets. What a great witness. What a great testimony. An exaltation of this man of Galilee. Friend, I want to tell you something. Men and women today still come off with the same manner, the same issues, the same consideration, and the same thinking of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a good man, they say. Well, you know, he was good and he done good. Well, you know, he's a man and he healed the sick, and that's true. But that's not all he is, and that's not what will save you, my friend. If that's as far as you know him, and that's as deep as your consideration can make, because Christ was more than a prophet. He was more than a preacher. And he was more than a priest in the temple. He was a son of God. He was God's only begotten son. Notice this. There are people today. There are religions today. And there are denominations today. Who will not give Christ his rightful place for who he is. And they think they're all right, for example. Islam will tell you that he's Isa, the prophet. Blessed, blessings be upon his head, they'll say. Yes, he was a prophet, but he's not their prophet. Yes, he's a prophet, but he's not the Isa of Islam. Isa of Islam did not die for them. He did not heal the sick for them. He did not rise from the dead for them. He did not pay their debt of sin for them. But Christ did for you and I. He is more than a prophet. We think of how the Jews called him an illegitimate son of Mary. Said he was the bastard son of a mercenary Roman soldier. Who had an illicit relationship with a young virgin girl. And made her pregnant. And this was the result. That's what they say. And in the Talmud writing. They say he is boiling an excrement in hell. Friend, I can tell you something. The Lord Jesus Christ was born of the Holy Ghost by the Virgin Mary. And the Lord Jesus Christ is the one and only Son of God. 
We have those who are Unitarians. And the Unitarian will come. And they will tell you. Jesus is a word. Notice very carefully. How they like to put it there. So subtly. Jesus is a word of God. I remember. Oh 15 more years ago. I was pastoring in Dublin. And I remember speaking about the deity of Christ. And a couple came, a couple of Bible studies on the deity of Christ. They were very, very polite and very nice couple. I didn't know them. They didn't speak much. And suddenly, one Sunday morning, I was walking around toward the church, and there they were, coming out of the Unitarian church. When they come out of the Unitarian Presbyterian church, they had put a poster that wasn't there before on the wall and says, in the beginning was our word, and the word was made of God. Friend, I can tell you, that's not what the scripture says of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. And verse 14 says, And the Word was made flesh. That is the Lord Jesus coming from heaven's realm, stepping off, as it were, the throne of glory. And he took the great stoop down to earth that he may come and bleed and die for a wretch like you and a sinner like me. Friend, this is the Christ we love. And this is the Christ we serve. He says, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? Don't give them your platitudes that you're a good man, Jesus. You're a spiritual guru. You're some religious prophet. Oh, friend, don't give them those sort of platitudes. Oh, sure, even the Russellites, the Jehovah's Witnesses said he's not God. He's a man who was filled by God or used by God. Friend, I'll tell you, the scripture says, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He is almightiness and flesh, uh, the one and only unique Son of the Father. And here he came to bleed and to die in a sin-cursed world for a sin-cursed people that you and I may go to glory. This is the Christ that I serve. This is the one that I love. And this is the one we preach tonight. We're not here to preach furry tales and fanciful stories to men and women to warm the cockles of their heart, to clap them on the back and tell them five ways to have a blessed day. We're here to tell you, without Christ, without hope, without Christ, without hope, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Whom do men say? Who do you say he is? Oh, well, thou art John the Baptist. Some's Elias. Some say you're Jeremiah. or one of the prophets. Friend, I'll tell you, he's more than a prophet. The Mormons say he's a brother of Adam and he's a brother of Satan. And he's none of them. He's a God and maker, the creator of all eternity and things that are therein, who has come to die for you and for me to shed his precious blood. Can I ask you, friend, since this is who he is, and this is whom the Father hath sent, 
Can I ask you a serious question tonight? What makes you give? What do you think you will give God on that day when you reject Him? If you reject Christ, what do you think the Father will offer and will take as an offering instead? Friend, there's nothing. There's nothing the Father will take of you. Nothing you can do, nothing you can add, and nothing you can give. You must trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and His shed blood and that He has paid your debt in its fullness. It's like the hymn writer said, Nothing in my hands I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Friend, will you cling to the cross tonight? Will you cling and claim the blood tonight? Will you cling and repent of your sin tonight? Will you cling and plead for mercy tonight? If the Spirit of God is dealing with you at all, Notice here the master's question. Whom the men say that I, the son of man, am. And they give the disciples, gives the, pardon me, the people's consideration. Some say thou art John the Baptist. Some Elias. Another Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Listen to this. But he saith unto them, whom say ye that I am? That's different, isn't it? When we're talking about everybody else. It's different when we're talking about other denominations or we're talking about all those people who deny Christ. He says, who do you say I am? Who do you say he is tonight? Friend, you will stand that day on your own. You will stand before the throne of grace. No, you will stand before the judgment the great white throne judgment found in Revelation 20 if you're without Christ. Who do you say that I am, he said. I'm speaking to you. Notice here, the disciples' revelation. The disciples' revelation. Let me get a drink. Let me get a drink, please. The disciples' revelation is found in verse 16. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's what it takes, friend. Revelation of God. Revelation of God, the Holy Ghost, to show the Son of God. It takes revelation to the mind and the heart, the Spirit speaking to the man and woman. Peter says, Thou art the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the one promised from eternity. You're the one come from God and is God. That's what Peter's saying. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Listen to Christ's answer. <clears throat> Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. In other words, the disciples' revelation came from heaven. It came from God. And you must have a revelation from God that you're not saved. You must have revelation from God that Christ is the only Savior. If you're to be saved, my friend, and if God's speaking to you tonight, I would say, come. Come to Christ. Claim Him as your own. And claim Him as your Lord 
and as your Savior. Notice the disciples' revelation. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Notice here in verse 17, Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Friend, how blessed every Christian is, every believer. How blessed it is to know that you are the elect of God, that the Spirit of God finds you, Spirit of God quickened you, Spirit of God give you a revelation of Christ, a revelation of yourself and your need of him. Notice verse 18. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of Hades. The gates of Hades, Sheol, the, re- the region or realm of the dead, the grave, will not prevail against my church. Here's what he's saying, my friend. There's going to be persecution for years. And throughout that persecution, people will die. But my church will continue on. You see, friend, people believe in this day and age we're living in. This is persecution. Friend, we haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen it yet, but it's coming. Are you grounded in Christ, Christian? Are you grounded in the Word? It's your firm foundation in Him. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Friend, as I round this up, notice this. I want you to go, if you will, with me further down the chapter. We didn't read it tonight, but go further down the chapter. And will you go to verse 25, please? For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Notice, for what is a profited, a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give? in exchange for his soul. What are you going to give? It's what I said earlier, friend. He came from heaven's realms of glory. He came as a lamb, a little baby, a lamb of God, to die for us. What would you give the Father in that day if you're not saved? What would you give for your salvation? Nothing. For heaven gave its best that you might be forgiven and saved. Now note this, verse 27, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with the angels. Notice, he's going to come back again. In the glory of his Father with the angels. And then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, There be some standing here which shall not taste of death, till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Sure, they've all died. They've all died. How does that work? Let's read on. Chapter 17. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John. There's some of them. 
and his brethren bringeth them up into an high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment as white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. With him. Friend, if you go to uh, Luke's account, chapter 9, Luke tells us Moses and Elijah are speaking to Christ about his decease. Notice the term, which he must accomplish. Which he must accomplish. You're going to die. They're talking about his death. They're talking about Calvary. They're talking about his blood. They're talking about the sacrifice. You're talking about him going all the way to the cross. His decease, which he must accomplish. Do you know what the Gospels tell us? When Christ was hanging on the cross, for now when all, when Jesus knew that all things were now accomplished. Friend, there's nothing to add. There's nothing to give. For all things are now accomplished by him. And notice this. Verse 4. Peter answered. Then answered Peter. And said unto Jesus. Lord it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt let us make thee three tabernacles. One for thee. One for Moses and one for Elias. Moses speaking off the law of God. Elias representing the prophets of God. And here Christ is in the middle. And it's as if big Peter putting his two feet into it as usual. Let me make a tabernacle booth for, for the three of you, one each, as if Christ could be compared with one of them or they could be compared with Christ. Friend, I'll tell you, there's none compares to Christ. And why do yet speak? Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, Behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Here is, fourthly and finally, the Father's declaration. The Father declared him as his Son. We're told God has no Son. The Father said he's my Son. He said in on the river Jordan when he was in the river being baptized. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now on the mountaintop he says, this is my beloved son. Hear ye him. Here's the double witness of Christ and his sonship. Here's the double witness from the father. The father's declaration is this one is my beloved son. I say this in closing, friends. Beloved son is the words agapetathrius. Agapetathrius. Agapetus is where we get the word agape from. Agape is the word used for Calvary's love. The love of God. The love of Jesus. The love that took him to the cross. Friend, I want to tell you, this word agape or agapetus gives this idea. It is a love that is called out of the heart according to the preciousness of that object that is loved. I'll say it one more time. It is a love that is called out of the heart according to the preciousness of the object that is loved. Christ the Son is the object of the Father's love. 
And because he is so precious to the Father, there he hangs on the cross of Calvary. There before he's in the river Jordan. There he's on the mountaintop. And everywhere he went, he called the love of the Father out of the Father's heart because he was precious. And the Father freely gave him for me and freely gave him for you that you and I might be saved. And friend, he says, this is the one in the river Jordan. This is my Agapetus Weus. This one, him, this man, Jesus of Nazareth. He says, this one here is my son who calls the love out of my heart. Now he's on the mountain. This is the one who calls the love out of my heart, the Father is saying. That's what he means on this. He alone is my one and only unique son. And he's precious to me. And he calls the love out of my heart. And then on the cross, Christ cries, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. Which being interpreted is, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Father, do I not call a love out of your heart? And you think your religion will do it. And some think their good personality will win it. And some think their denomination is sufficient. I can tell you something, friend. Jesus said, Thou art Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And I'm going to tell you something, friend. The word Peter is the word Petra. It means a stone which can be moved hither and thither. A stone which can be moved hither and thither. Thou art that stone, Peter. And upon this rock, the revelation of who I am, the revelation of my sacrifice, the revelation I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's not, Peter, thou art the first pope. It's not, Peter, that I'm going to build my church on the succession of you being the first pope. No, my friend. It's, Peter, you're a stone. You'll be strong for others coming behind you when the Holy Ghost reaches you. But I'm the rock, he's saying. Christ, my friend, and the revelation of him is the rock of salvation. I finish the Father's declaration. This one, he calls the love out of my heart. The man in the river, Jordan. The man now up the mountain. He calls the love out of my heart. He's my beloved son. Now who do men say that I the son of man am? Who say ye that I am? Listen to his voice, friend. Who do you think he is? Don't go with this. He's a word of God. Scriptures don't tell us that. 
don't go with this. He's some sort of prophet like others said. Scriptures don't tell us that. Don't go by saying he's just some religious guru and a good man. The scriptures don't tell us that. So when you're going home tonight, I want you to hear the voice of Christ, not my voice. And the word of God, whom say ye, that I the Son of Man am. You're going to bed tonight, but whom say ye that I am? But whom say ye that I am? And you're lying and you can't sleep, but whom say ye that I am? In your dreams tonight, but whom say ye that I am? When you get up in the morning, but whom say ye that I am? When you're driving to wherever you are, if your work is still open, whom say ye that I am? If you're down for your breakfast, but whom say ye that I am? And I trust that the Spirit of God will not let you uh, forget what's been said tonight until you say, Oh, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, the only Savior, my sin bearer, my substitute, who died in my place, who kept the law of Moses and the prophets like Elijah, and you went and accomplished the decease of thine own good self for me. Save me, Lord, and call upon his name that you might be saved. Friend, again, I'm going to stand at the corner. And if you're not saved or you're away from God, stop and talk to us. And we'll point you to the cross. May God bless you, each and every one of you tonight. So delighted to see so many, so, so many out.